Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to For the Girls. We're coming at you the day after the Miami Grand Prix weekend. And it was a weird and wild time for sure. It really seemed to have it all. And we're really excited to touch every aspect of the race. Reed, this was definitely not a normal F1 weekend. There was a lot there besides just the epic race itself. Also, side note, our best friend Allison is getting married down in Miami. So we'll be in South Beach in two weeks. So thank you all for warming it up for us. (laughs) One last note before we jump into it. We know reviews aren't always everything, but we really have been appreciating the ones you all have given us and are writing in. Um, It goes a long way and it makes us really happy. So with that, I'm Chessa. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tiggy. So we are going to start by hitting our main takeaways from the weekend as per usual. So for me, I think despite people complaining about a boring race, it seems like fandom is split on was it exciting, was it not exciting up until the safety car. I still think there was a ton of stuff to talk about. We had five DNS, we had some great passing, great defending, some inter-teammate battles, a safety car, a little bit of rain action, and lots of penalties. So many penalties. I know. All over the place. We saw a lot of complaints from top teams about their cars. Between Max's practice woes, Checo losing power, Charles is saying his car was really hard to drive, and Mercedes is still searching for their elusive fix to their car. The elusive fix. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yes. So I think it really makes the season anyone's game still. People are still really trying to figure out their cars, figure out their issues. We saw a lot of that this weekend. So championship is still wide open as far as I'm concerned. Totally. My takeaway was really similar just how wide open the championship is right now max is just so strong despite the technical issues preventing him from really barely getting any running in on friday which is remarkable considering that it it was a new and quite difficult um track and the fact that he was able to just dominate off the fly um just really shows his insane consistency and i think one of his big strengths compared to charles right now in the championship fight the fact that he can lay down a race like that with so few mistakes when Charles can be a little bit more mistake prone. Um, In terms of what this means for the championship, now there's a 19 point difference between Max and Charles. And so really in only two races, if it's the same result here where Max wins plus gets the fastest lap and Charles comes in second, that can already pretty much close the gap. So this truly is anyone's championship, which is so exciting. As Tiggy was saying, the fact that Mercedes is still struggling so much is also really remarkable. I think I was expecting them to make a lot of progress this weekend, and they didn't. 
I'm sensing a theme here as well. I'm loving this continuation of the Red Bull and Ferrari battle. Personally, I don't think we're going to see any team come out on top and establish any kind of lasting superiority until right at the end. So yeah, it's anyone's game to take. I'm really excited to see how it plays out. So with that, Sarah, why don't you give us how your hot take held up? Okay, so my first hot take, which we decided was actually a cold take, was that Max would dominate. Um, So that did happen. I also predicted a a Ferrari unforced error. Um, There wasn't anything too major during the race, but Carlos did have a big crash on Friday, and then he also had a long pit stop during the race. My last two that I threw in were Alonzo and Mick in the points, both of which (laughs) majorly crashed and burned. So (laughs) that one was an epic fail. My hot takes also held up pretty horribly. Um, McLaren was nowhere near podium, um, and the Ferrari looked great. So nothing like what I said. But I did say Red Bull on podium, so not too bad actually. What had you said was gonna? Ha- what did you say was gonna happen to Ferrari? I said they were gonna look great, but the car would be their downfall. But they looked pretty good. Oh, okay. Interesting. How about you, Tiggy? I said that Checo would outperform Max. I really tried to manifest that, but I guess it was too hot of a take. Um, I do wonder how he would have done without the power issues that he was complaining about. He did come out on top in FP3 and he qualified pretty well, but he was given a taste of his own defending medicine from Carlos in the back part of the race and just wasn't able to get past and and get into to P3. But still a pretty good race for him, kind of a frustrating outcome. I still have my eggs in that basket for for Barcelona, so we'll see. Okay, let's get into MVP and LVP. Chessa, who is your MVP? Esteban Akan. He doesn't get talked about enough, and he had an incredible race. We'll talk about it later, but true MVP, and I hope we start to hear more from him. For me, I would say Albon. He similarly does not get talked about that often, but he has had an awesome few races. And fun fact, he has made up at least nine places in each of the last three races since he dyed his hair red. So I don't know if that's a sign, but keep it going, Alex. You are doing so great in a Williams. Seriously, it's unreal. I also had Alex as one of my MVPs. I think the fact that Latifi is still struggling so much really does show that it's not like Williams has had some revolution with the car. And I think Alex really is just the new George Russell massively outperforming um, the car's pace right now. So good for him. And my second one is Max in a surprise to no one, but really I think just such a strong clean race on, on Sunday and also sending it so much at the start of the race to get past um, Carlos. I think also was a really strong move. I will say Max is just completely undeterred by any sort of adversity. I feel like he is so hungry and he just executes so well. So I think obviously that's a great, a great take, Sarah. Um, He's been, he's been really crushing it. So for LVP, uh, which is our least valuable player for those (laughs) who haven't listened before. I had Alonso, which I am sad to say, I do love him, but what a chaotic drive for him this weekend. And it had a lot of ripple effects. I feel like he walked away with zero points and two penalties, (laughs) hit multiple people and is potentially one of the reasons for Gasly and and Norris's crash as well, because he had hit Gasly and slowed him down. I'm going to have to agree with Tiggy on that one. Alonso, sadly, is my LVP. I will never say that again, I hope, but... Yeah, he was just not not playing well. He affected too many people's races for him not to be the LVP, to be honest. What about you, Sarah? 
Mine, I think, was Gasly, maybe, for taking out Lando. I think McLaren was struggling and didn't deserve even more struggle. And I think even though it was a bit close, I think it was Gasly's fault. So now that we've given you guys our hot takes and our MVPs and LVPs, let's talk about content on the ground. What was happening in Miami before the race? So we actually had a lot of friends there. Sadly, we were not there. Like we said, we were at the Kentucky Derby. Women in sports, just different sports. Um, But here was a sampling of things that we heard from our friends. Basically, they just said it was a massive party. Every corner seemed to have a different music playing between all the sessions. Tiesto, Post Malone were giving live concerts. And the parade for all of the drivers, they were all in like $100,000 convertible cars. So there was a lot going on. Turn one was especially crazy. Another one of our friends saw the Williams principal Jost at Biblos, which is like a very clubby type fun Miami restaurant. And something especially interesting that we noticed was one of our friends said that it seemed like no more than 15 or 20% of people there were actual F1 fans that had ever seen a race or who really even knew about the basics of the sport. So it definitely made for a bit of a chaotic vibe, but we love to see people getting into the sport. So I'm here for that. Speaking of a chaotic vibe, that um, Martin Brundle gridwalk was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, <laughs> but we can get into that later. <laughs> yeah, there were so many celebrities there. I mean, if we just do a quick celeb roundup, someone said that it was just more than you could possibly imagine. And we saw that all over social media, obviously. Tom Brady, David Beckham, bunch of actors and actresses, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Matt Damon, Venus and Serena Williams, Michelle Obama was there, obviously, Michael Jordan, LeBron, the list goes on. One of my favorite sightings was Bad Bunny with Checo. This just honestly made my day. It was so cool. And we've had a couple of people be like, who is Bad Bunny? And for anyone who says that, he's literally the most streamed artist on the planet. So go check him out. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> One thing I thought was just so funny is we talked about the Carbone dinner that was $3,000 a plate at the in the preview episode. They literally flew in the opera singer, Andrea Bocelli, as the night surprise performer. <laughs> like, that is so, so good. And then one, one quote that was pretty funny was the famous baseball player, Alex Rodriguez, who's from Miami. It was like, nothing has rocked this city like Formula One. I have never seen anything like it, which is funny and ironic because there was an F1 video that they were showing of all the drivers guessing where American sports teams are from. And they could not like a single one of them could name where the Red Sox are from, which is a baseball (laughs) team. (laughs) Another one of my favorite sightings was Lando golf with Kygo and also with a top PGA player that he seems to have found in the DMS because Lando posted like DM me if you want to golf. And he said later that it was because he knows a bunch of PGA players live in Miami Heading into the weekend, there was also plenty of other action. Drive to Survive got renewed for another two seasons. Um, so buckle up for more of that. If you love it or you hate it, it's still happening. So, <laughs> Yeah, and Toto said he doesn't really see any need for a change to the format, kind of like don't fix what isn't broken. So that was interesting. Interesting. We talked a few episodes ago about the jewelry ban. And so after they were potentially moving to enforce it, Lewis showed up to the press conference absolutely dripping in diamonds wearing three watches eight rings four or five necklaces and two earrings and he said i couldn't get any more on today so that was he was <laughs> frosting was himself i love that <laughs> frosted 
I know. We also saw Seb take a page out of Lewis's book. He legitimately wore his dad underwear over his racing suit in defiance of the fireproof underwear rule that we also talked about a couple episodes ago, which honestly have to say great free marketing for Puma. <laughs> so it was, we had to double check that that picture was real. When we first saw it, we were like, someone's Photoshopped this, but no, yeah, it was it so was funny. He texted me and was like, this photo can't be real. And it was. <laughs> Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Let's jump into what happened at practice. So, the first ever action on the Miami track started with a cool track temperature of 54 degrees Celsius or 129 degrees Fahrenheit. So not cool Ouch. at all. A lot of the engineers had to stay up late due to all of the practice mishaps. Uh, first practice, literally like right at the beginning of FP1, Botas lost his rear, spun out and hit the wall at turn seven, led to a red flag with some minor damage. Important thing to call out here, that was the first ever crash at the Miami track and Personally, I think that was really sad that Latifi didn't get that title. So <laughs> we really should have saved it for him. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. I'm a Latifi. Maybe it's just wanting to root for the underdog, but I really want Latifi to pull through. We do, too. But that was pretty funny. Signs brought a red flag in FP2. He pushed too hard. He crashed in turn 14, which is going to be a trend. Um, and he ended a session just like 20 minutes in. Akon also hit the wall at turn 14 and FP3 and brought out a red flag. Quick note here about both of them crashing at turn 14. Akon's crash was a 51G impact, and both him and Sain said that the impact was way more than it should have been, given what the actual crashes were and that it was unacceptable. They complained to the race director, said that there should be a tech pro barrier going into that turn, but nothing was done. Safety so paramount. I don't know why the FIA didn't really do anything about it, but... A lot happening there for sure in terms of 
some of the yeah and still on sunday carlos was having neck pain like it impacted him the whole weekend um so i'm really surprised they weren't more receptive to the driver concerns especially when it's two drivers at the same turn it feels like there should have been immediate action there totally max was also complaining about steering in fp2 he almost hit the wall in fp3 other drivers like checo and magnuson also had a few little spin outs throughout practice I think it really just goes to show that the drivers came to push the limits and really give this track a run for its money. I think people were sort of all the hype that had built up throughout the whole week. First time on the track on Friday. So we saw a lot of incidents there, but who looked good. So in the first practice, I think Leclerc, George, Red Bull also on top, notably Gasly and Albon were both looking good from the non top teams FP2, Russell was on top there. Hamilton was also up there in the mix with Alonso. Yes, Lando, Joe. Max couldn't get a good time in there due to steering issues. Yeah, and Max was very critical of the team after this about the reliability issues. um, Because as we've mentioned, getting in practice time is so essential on a new track. And they were just having severe hydraulic problems, which thankfully they ended Mm -hmm. up getting fixed. But it was not looking good for a bit there. Yeah. Well, it's funny because practice three, Checo came out on top. Um, So our other Red Bull did really well. Some veterans, Alonso and Vettel, were also in the top five. And then Mick was also in the mix up there, which is nice to see. But really coming out of practice, it was sort of anyone's game. And I think we saw a little bit of that coming into quali. Obviously, the top teams came out on top, but there was a nice little mix up. So for Q1, Stroll, Alonso and Yuki were all looking great. You know me, I'm going to harp on this point forever. It's so awesome to see drivers in the back of the grid coming up and and playing it out. So that was great. In the end, though, Magnuson, Joe, Albin, Latifi, and Akon were all eliminated. That was really tough for Albon after having had so many good practices. It was tough to see. Um, Interestingly enough as well, Joe had some issues. There was a lot of traffic, and he was basically yelling that they should report this because it was really dangerous. When he's when a car is going trying to go out and do their fastest lap when there's a lot of traffic, especially just for qualifying, there was, you know, it just causes a lot of unnecessary potential risk. Yeah, and so the reason why Ocon was um was eliminated was because he had had such that really heavy crash that we talked about and they they couldn't get him out in time. Um and so that's important to note given how well he ended up doing in the race. Okay, so in Q2, sadly, we had Alonso, George, Vettel, Danny, and Mick all eliminated, which was tough. Vettel was really holding on for dear life there, but Sir Lando bumped him out. Yuki pushed George out of qualifying, and pretty tough for Danny to be at the bottom after Lando was top three in Q2. And then Q3 and final results, we saw some visible porpoising for Ferrari, but they were still ripping through the track and doing really well, and... There was a big fight for pole in Q3, only about 0.08 seconds recovering the top three. So Charles, Sainz, and Max, but Max went off track and missed his flying lap. So we ended with Ferrari starting in the first row. It was Charles, then Carlos, Red Bull in the second row. It was Max, then Checo. And then we had Botas, Hamilton, Gasly, Norris, Yuki, and Stroll. Good for him. So... Turning to the race, a couple overall observations before we dive in team by team. In terms of how the new Miami track held up, some drivers were complaining a bit about the track, like some of the safety concerns we mentioned earlier, but a lot of the drivers said the track wasn't really living up to the hype, especially due to some concerns about um, the surface. 
The track itself was pretty grippy, but as soon as drivers went off the bit, it was really slippery. Um, George said he almost crashed just coming into the pit lane in one chicane. There were also particular complaints about the surface. It probably wasn't as exciting of a race as people probably hope for, but again, it's the first time on this track. We still had a mix of tightly packed cars, a lot of really close following, um, some teammate battling, lots of action. And so overall, I think this is a pretty strong showing for the first race at a track because they can make changes to corners and chicanes and other track improvements before next year. Some overall takeaways from the top of the grid. It seems that Red Bull has better straight line speed than Ferrari. This has been just an overall theme of this season so far, which we saw play out here in the Max versus Charles battle. Um, Ferrari still looks better in medium and high speed corners, but this track had really long and fast straights, which favored Red Bull. It was an extremely physical race. Everyone was absolutely dripping with sweat coming out of their cars. Um, Max compared it to Singapore with the sweltering heat and potentially even worse than Singapore because that's a night race. And this was middle of the afternoon in a sweltering Miami summer day. So it was really physically demanding for them. Side note, it must have been brutal for them to be all, you know, dressed up in all of their gear and then watching people in the middle of the track, like in bathing suits and pools, just chilling, having like a beach party. Um, <laughs> That's so true. Awesome. So let's just give a quick recap of how this race went by team. So obviously Red Bull. So Max had an epic start. He got off the line so fast. He was already ahead of signs and into P2 coming out of turn one. So he really went for it pretty quick. He's won every race he's finished this season. So we can only expect the best from him. Checo, he spent a lot of the race chasing signs in P3. Right at the end on lap 52, it looked like he was going to pass signs, but then he kind of outbraked himself, locked up, and signs got away. So he ended up in P4. And just to note here, we think this race was kind of a lost opportunity for him. Had it not been for his engine issues and him losing a little bit of power, I think a Red Bull 1-2 could have been a very real possibility. So yeah, it's going to be a lot for them to come and try to do that again, but we have big hopes for them. And what happened with engineer when he was when they kind of had that back and forth about power that was so strange yeah it was very bizarre Checo was like I'm losing power man I'm losing power and the race engineer was kind of just brushing him off in a in a strange way and Checo who never really gets that frazzled he was like man I'm losing power I'm (laughs) sure they were like like scrambling yeah to figure out what's happening on the back end Yeah, a strange back and forth. So Ferrari, they overall, I think, had a pretty good race despite some of the issues we talked about earlier. But Charles, good start for him. He was doing pretty well, but got passed on lap nine by Max when DRS was enabled on the straight. Honestly, just good, clean racing and well done by Max. Charles just did not have the same speed, unfortunately. But otherwise, it was a decent race for him besides complaining about the car being difficult to drive. One thing about him, I feel like he's also been remarkably consistent. We give Max a lot of that credit as well, but he started in the front row of every single race this season. And besides the Imola mishap, he's also finished one or two. So I think Charles is is doing really well and we're going to continue to see that. Carlos, all things considered, I think finishing P3 was a great outcome for him. Like we talked about after that big crash in practice, DNF the past two races, him complaining about neck pain from the crash. I don't know if you guys saw that video of him hitting his head coming through that gate in Miami too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Just a a rough weekend for him. Like we said, he got passed off the start by Max, but he defended really well against Checo the rest of the race. So 
great to see him back on the podium. I think it was well-deserved and shows that he can bounce back from some adversity and we are gearing up for his home race in Barcelona. So hopefully exciting things from him. And Mercedes, they brought some updates to their front wing end plates and their rear and beam wings in the hopes of fixing their bad porpoising problem and allowing them to run the car closer to the ground. It did not give them the um, huge jump forward that they wanted, but Toto noted that their concept definitely has the potential for them to race at the front, and they definitely feel closer to unlocking it. But at the same time, Toto also wouldn't totally rule out them moving away from their zero side pod concept, potentially even mid-season Um, Hamilton locked up right off the start. He slipped from P6 to P7. He was also hit from behind off the start by Alonso. There was a tough call with the safety car where George had decided to stay out and kind of take a really big gamble just to see if there would be a safety car and Mm -hmm. decided to wait to pit until then. Um, And then Lewis was given the option about whether to pit or not during um, the safety car, and he decided not to. Um, Toto says that Lewis got unlucky during that and then Lewis was complaining about strategy on the radio as per always um, when in reality it was just George kind of taking that gamble which ended up paying off I never really understand why Lewis makes those comments during the race still on the radio like obviously that's not really going to help morale or it's 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 a total like hindsight comment it's not really going to serve any purpose going forward and then they have to kind of correct they always have to kind of do damage control after the fact and say (laughs) oh he wasn't PR yeah, he oh, he wasn't really criticizing the team or he wasn't really like whatever. Um, that teammate battle I finally wanted did happen though. There was a bit of a teammate battle late in the race for P5. Even Botas, the old teammate, threw his elbows in there. Yeah, that was that was super exciting. Um, George also had an awesome recovery drive. He started in P12 and finished P5, just ahead of Lewis in P6. So the trend of of George finishing in front is continuing. Um, like we were saying, he used the safety car to his advantage. Now George is the only driver to finish P5 or better in every race this season. And he's finished above his quality position in every race too. So he's been doing amazing. So for McLaren, this was probably a weekend to forget. We thought this might be a good race after seeing them on the up and up after the past few races. Lando had improved his result every race so far this season, but this was not the case. Gasly hit Lando at lap 41. Um, basically what had happened was Alonso hit Gasly a little bit. So Gasly was running slower, and I guess he just didn't notice Lando speeding past. He clipped Lando, um, and they were both retired from the race. It seemed like Gasly's fault to us, but Lando, ever the British gentleman he is, he was like, I'm out, boy. Sorry, I don't know what happened. So tough race for Lando, probably even tougher race for Danny. He ended P11 after starting P14, didn't do well in quality. Um, so I think McLaren's probably just going to want to dust off and recuperate until Barcelona. Yeah. And Alpine, we mentioned Alonso's chaotic drives and his multiple penalties finishing P11 with zero points. But I think the thing to hit here is a sneaky drive from Ocon. He finished P8 after starting last on the grid. MVP, Um, baby. Yeah, he used the safety car to get soft tires and sort of used his last 10 laps to jump a bunch of points. And he's really a driver that never gets enough coverage, I will say. He deserves credit, at least for this race, for sure. And he's also sneakily number nine in the driver's championship right now. So why does no one ever mention him? I feel like he flies under the radar, but great race. And Alfa Romeo and our 
Guy Botas, we've all seen Alfa Romeo's speed this season really arguably representing the best of the rest. Um, and this weekend was no exception. Third fastest car on the starting grid. Botas outqualified both Mercedes, and it looked like he was going to beat both of them. But sadly, he lost that battle for fifth late in the race when he made a mistake, went wide, and both Mercedes were able to squeeze through. He really did have an amazing race, though. Joe was forced to retire after a technical issue just six laps in, which was a bummer. But overall, this really shows that Alfa Romeo is arguably really top of the midfield pack so far this season. So Haas sadly didn't do that great this race. K-Mag did not finish because he had a little bit of a clip with Lance Stroll. So sadly for Mick as well, he was running in the points for a long time. He even had the sixth fastest lap in the race. And then he had a crash with Vettel. I think Vettel even went airborne. Oh, so sad. sad for Mick. It's he needs he just that. one point so badly, and I it was know. so close. He'll get it. He'll get it. So just hitting the last three teams super quickly for Aston Martin, both Vettel and Stroll had to start from the pit lanes because they had to take their fuel out and then put it back in outside the time limit to get the cars to the grid. And like we said, Vettel had the Mick incident, was forced to retire. Stroll got his second point of the season, finishing P10, but he's actually consistently finished every race in the P10 to P13 zone. So we'll see. And then Williams, as we mentioned, Albon, really great race for him. He sealed P10 finish after being eliminated the day before in Q1, starting really in the back of the grid. And like we mentioned, is he the next George Russell? He seems to be doing really well in that Williams, just like George did. And then finally, AlphaTauri, sadly, Gasly, the incident there, forced to retire. He was doing really well in practice and started P7, so could have been a promising weekend for him but it just was not meant to be and then Yuki starting p9 but finishing p12 so tough race for them that's a bit of a theme so far as well a tough weekend for Alphatari. so overall we ended up with podium max charles and carlos and we had checko p4 then george hamilton and botas also we have to give a quick shout out to the fact that the drivers all wore american football helmets out to the podium um, which was quite the sight to see. I also can't imagine them in this sweltering heat being told they then have to put on American football helmets to walk out. But it was <laughs> I would quite strike. an American scene. <laughs> so our final thoughts and wrap up for the race, our radio of the week, check it out on our Instagram. But basically uh, Christian Horner was like, Max, how are you feeling? And he was like, I think I need a drink, mate. Uh, I think you also need a drink too. <laughs> so everyone was feeling pretty celebratory after that. So Miami, I would say overall, seems like it kind of met the hype that it was set up for, at least on the event front. The expected economic impact was $400 million for the weekend, which is not quite as much as the Super Bowl, but just huge. And I think all the events and all the different exciting things happening really went off pretty well and seemed to be well received. But That being said, both championships remain wide open. The driver's championship gap is closing. Charles is at 104, Max at 85, Checo 66, and so on. I think Charles's consistency is paying off, but if Red Bull fixes reliability issues, Max looks poised to potentially repeat. So I think Ferrari really needs to strike back while some of this Red Bull reliability stuff is still in the mix. Yeah. And the constructors is really close now, which is so exciting. Ferrari 157, Red Bull 151, Mercedes 95, then drops off pretty quickly, but only six points between Ferrari and Red Bull now. 
It's wow. getting close. Um, to wrap it up, we thought it would be a good point in the season to take a quick look at points by engine suppliers. So Ferrari engines, obviously we have Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. They're at 203 points. Red Bull engine is Red Bull and Alfa Tari at 167. Mercedes is Mercedes, McLaren, Aston Martin, and Williams at 150. And then kind of in the back of the field, but only because they have one car, is the Alpine with the Renault engine at 26. So we hope you guys enjoyed this Miami recap. There was obviously a lot to cover. Look out for a special episode next week, and then we'll talk at Barcelona. 